Welcome to our podcast today. Uh, I'm in the old city of Troas, uh, which is in the modern day country of Turkey and uh, was a part of the old Roman Empire during the days of the Apostle Paul. And you're going to hear a little bit of wind every now and then, so I'm going to run a little disclaimer. And uh, I'm here with a group from our church, and uh, we're going to be reading out of Acts chapter 20 about something that happened right here in this city. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the stories that I really love in the book of Acts. And if you want to follow along, you can get uh, your Bibles, and it's Acts chapter 20. And again, I apologize for the wind, but hey, uh, we'll do what we can here, all right? And so... Uh, uh, are you ready with Acts chapter 20? Today we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul. He has just sailed back uh, to Asia Minor from Greece, which is across the Aegean Sea. He leaves Greece, leaves Macedonia uh, in, in, in Greece, and he sails eastward. It takes him, you know, just a little while, a few, uh, you know, um, basically a few hours, unless he, he sailed and spent the night somewhere on an island, one of the Greek isles, and then sailed on a cross. He had done that on the way over. But uh, now he's, 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 he's coming back to Asia Minor, specifically back to this city that we're in, the city of Troas. So we pick up in verse 4 of Acts 20. And uh, several people are going to read, so hey, uh, uh, just uh, open your heart and listen, and uh, again, forgive the wind. You ready? Acts chapter 20, beginning verse 4. And there accompanied him into Asia, Sopator of Berea and of the Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Secundus and Gaius of Derby and Thematius and a of Asia, Tychius and Tropimus. And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate, and after talking until daylight, he left. Now verse 11, verse number 12 now. <laughs> okay, I'll read it. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. Now, we pick up here on the story where the Apostle Paul is in the city of Troas once again. And, uh, you know, he, he, he spends seven days here. And at the end of this seven days, he really feels as though that he's needing to, needing to leave. But while the others are departing, in fact, if you go ahead and read Acts chapter 20, you'll find out that, uh, that he even had the rest of them get in a ship and sail on to the next port while he uh, decides he's going to walk. 
but he just feels as though that he needs to tell him something. You know, the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, perhaps he was a little long-winded, maybe like uh, like I am at times, uh, you know, or, or like some other preachers are. But uh, the Apostle Paul, in preaching to this group of believers that were waiting, the Bible says that he preached and preached and preached and preached and he preached, and they were in an upper room. And Eutychus, which was a young man. Now, you may imagine in your mind, uh, you know, he was a teenager or something on that line, but a young man could literally be, uh, you know, uh, in, in his uh, 20s, 30s, you know, probably was. He was a probably, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in his 20s perhaps. And, um, maybe in his early 30s, and he is sitting in a window. It's probably hot, like some of you have been in church. You've been hot. You know, <laughs> you're kind of ready or in some Bible study, you're ready uh, to go. You're getting tired. It's getting late. You're hungry. All these things. Well, while the Apostle Paul was preaching, now, it wasn't that the message was bad. Uh, it's just that uh, this young man was growing more and more and more tired. He fell asleep, <laughs> fell out of the window, fell down to the ground and hit the ground, and literally it, it, it killed him and uh, he died. And so uh, the apostle Paul, not wanting to leave it at that, went down and, uh, you know, ended up through, uh, through faith and through prayer and through just, just uh, uh, throwing himself on this young man, ri uh, raises him up from the dead. And it's an amazing, an amazing account. But it teaches us several principles. <laughs> One of the principles uh, it even teaches me as a, as a pastor is that, you know, uh, the mind cannot comprehend more than the rear end is able to endure. And... <laughs> <laughs> that literally, uh, whenever uh, whenever I'm preaching and uh, are not just preaching, but when I'm witnessing or when I'm uh, you know when I'm when I'm sharing you know a testimony or anything else with someone, I have to be very aware. It's a part of my responsibility, and I think it also was probably uh, you know a part of Paul's responsibility. By the way, lest you think Paul was perfect, he was not. Uh, you know, he is our example. But God teaches us many times through His Scripture. He teaches us what to do, and sometimes the Scriptures teach us what not to do. And I think we should have a broad enough perspective to look and realize that this account is being given to us in the book of Acts. And the account, we need to look at the broad implication of all of the Word of God. And this particular application of this Word is that this young man, through, through uh, I believe, no fault of his own, I know. I see people every uh, Sunday going to sleep while I'm preaching. And, uh, you know, uh, I have to have a lot of mercy on them because I know some of them have just worked a, a, a nighttime shift or they, many of them are shift workers. And maybe they, uh, you know, have, have worked, uh, you know, a different shift for three days and then another one for five days. You know, I, I worked shift work uh, 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 for, for a few years. And I know how, how it can be to, to you know, or, or, or even traveling, coming in. And wanting to go to church so bad, but you've just worked, you know, from from 11 the night before to, you know, 7 the next morning. And then you have to wait for, uh, you know, three hours for church to start. And, you know, you've got to go back to work uh, and you, it, it's it's your sleep time. But you want to go to church. You know, we don't know all the reasons why people beside us may be sleeping. Maybe they, you know, uh, you know, have a, a low blood sugar or something, whatever. It's not always that the Word of God is boring and it's not always that someone just can't pay attention. Uh, there are all kinds of reason. In fact, I've realized as a pastor, uh, you know, uh, uh, when I was a, a young man, I used to hear people get on to people for getting up and leaving church. Well, don't get up during the preaching. I was even at a church one time 
where the pastor informed everybody that he was tired of people walking around during the preaching and he had had the uh, ushers uh, uh, shut the doors and put a, a, a bar in there and they were going to stand at the doors and not let anybody go out during the preaching. I thought, oh my goodness, you have never pastored someone who has, uh, you know, just had, uh, you know, prostate surgery or, or someone that, that that just had a baby or someone that's pregnant or someone that's, you know, uh, uh, somebody that literally, I mean, you know, when you need to uh, uh, get up and walk around, whether your feet are going to sleep or, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, it's, it's not sacrilege to do so. And so I don't count Eutychus as somebody that just, you know, uh, was just a horrible example of a congregation member. Uh, I, I understand that uh, sometimes things happen. In fact, I even believe in the broader application of this account that it perhaps is not only speaking to the physical tiredness that people get sitting under the Word of God, but sometimes there's a spiritual tiredness. Sometimes people who are in church and are good people and wonderful people uh, listening to the same Word over and over Sunday after Sunday can fall into a ritual of coming to church at times or, or even to a ritual of hearing the Word of God and not watchful even though their eyes may be open, uh, you know, their heart is closed, or maybe their, their eyes are open, maybe they are spiritually asleep, or even at times uh, in danger of, of, of being lost to the church by falling out of the church. By Even when there's people uh, as wonderful and anointed and as called and gifted as the Apostle Paul, uh, that doesn't always... Um, um, you know, speak to the need that people have to be responsible for their own attention. But uh, at, at any rate, these principles that we're taught in Acts, the 20th chapter, so many of them are connected to the fact that the Apostle Paul was not happy with having lost this man this man being lost to the church. And so he went out and God helped him by whatever miracle uh, because he was willing to get involved, as God does demand that we participate in our miracles. If the Apostle Paul wouldn't have had time to have gone out to him or thought himself, you know, just judgmental or critical about this young man or anything else, he would not have reached out to him with the same heart and the same faith. It's necessary for us to be conscious of those around us who are falling out, who are in danger of, of being lost. Perhaps someone could have even said to the young man, watching him rock a time or two, got up, went over there and said, excuse me, but you know, you're, you're in danger of being lost here to the church. You're in, in danger of being lost to your family or being lost to, uh, uh, you know, uh, losing your own life and endangering yourself. It's important. Uh, there's so many applications to this particular story. But uh, this account happened right here in this city. Right here, a young man, someone's child, someone's, uh, perhaps someone's uh, brother, you know, uh, 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 fell out of a window, was lost and was recovered because the Apostle Paul and others around were not satisfied with him having fallen out of church. And that's the bigger picture for whatever reason, whether it was the preacher's fault, whether it was his fault, or whether it was nobody's fault. He fell out of church, but thank God he was revived and restored to the church and restored to his family. And I think that's the bigger principle that we need to take away is what is our responsibility? You know, preacher, uh, uh, you know, deacon, uh, you know, uh, elder, uh, Sunday school teacher, or just congregation member. What is our responsibility when we notice people around us are wearying or tired for whatever reason? Maybe they have a legitimate reason. Maybe they don't. Maybe the preaching's just bad. Who knows? But uh, what do we do? Uh, we believe God for a miracle. And we go and do whatever we can to help with that miracle. God demands we participate in our miracles. Anyone have any comments about that? Have you ever been uh, sleepy in church? 
Yeah, look at all the hands go up. Okay. Uh, I, I don't take that, by the way, when people are sleeping as a, as a personal affront. But uh, uh, I, I do realize that uh, if week after week after week they're sitting there sleeping, I don't think they're getting spiritual food. And I often will go <laughs> and say, hey, excuse me, and I, I just spend a little time together, you know. I just want to make sure they're well fed. And many times I find out that it's something that they can't do anything about. It's not, it, you know, it, it's just life many times. Anyone else? What do you think about God uh, demanding that we participate in our miracles? Do you need a miracle in your life, any of you? Have you ever need a miracle? Well, God demands that we do something about that. And when someone else needs a miracle, that we actually participate. Yeah. All right. Well, the sun is looks like it's sinking down here over uh, the Aegean Sea. going to be a beautiful sight here as we're continuing to drive south today. You know, uh, think about going with us somewhere, okay? Uh, wherever uh, we may be going next, I think uh, we've got some trips coming up to India and some to Mexico. And, you know, uh, again, we'll be visiting Israel. We'll be coming back to Turkey again. Uh, but we've got some trips uh, going all over the world. Come and go with us. I promise you it'll make a difference in your life and uh, it will affect your life the rest of your life. God bless you, and thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. And don't forget, I'll see you right back here on the next one, okay? God bless.